0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 156. Royal Caribbean cruise vacations offer fantastic escapes across a fleet of amazing ships all around the world, but one of the most common questions I get is, when's the best time to take a Royal Caribbean cruise? It's a simple question, really, but it does have some major ramifications. We all want to take the perfect cruise vacation with our family, but we can also be limited sometimes in the options available. If you've also been wondering the answer to when is a good time to take a cruise, here are some helpful guidelines in this week's episode to help you plan the right time to take your first or next Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. There are a lot of factors that contribute to picking the right time to take a Royal Caribbean cruise, and this week, I want to discuss the various considerations that a lot of folks go through when trying to pick the perfect time to take a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, and there's a lot of considerations. In fact, we're going to jump through a lot of them. The first one, and arguably... The most important one, because this all hinges on this, is when can you travel? Most people are limited by their vacation calendar, work schedule, school holidays, etc. Things like that, right? I mean, I can sit here and tell you all about the best times of the year for every possible itinerary, but if you can't take time off of work or pull your kids out of school or whatever, it's really not going to matter, right? Most people, in reality, have certain time frames they're looking at. Maybe it's spring break, maybe it's summer, maybe it's Christmas holidays, but Regardless, we're all limited to some extent. Now, maybe it's some people are lucky and they they can pick from a large swath of weeks of the year, while other people are really limited and have to you know nitpick about when they can go. Regardless, I think there are the time you can travel is the first question you've got to ask yourself. And for a lot of people, it's also about maximizing your time, right? Taking advantage of holidays and days off to get extra vacation time. I mean, a cruise vacation is a great value, but it's not a cheap. Vacation, either, right? It's not like it's going to cost you 50 bucks like going down to the local mall, right, and spending the afternoon. You're going to be spending thousands of dollars on a quality family vacation. And if you can help it, it certainly would be great if you can get more value out of it, right? And that's what goes to is there a time of year perhaps when you can take advantage of a holiday? Great example of this with the upcoming Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise on Freedom of the Seas that we're going on. I picked the cruise to go on over Labor Day weekend here in the United States. and a big reason why was because we have a built-in day off a lot of folks we get labor day off monday so that what that means is i only had to take 4 days off of my day job and then a lot of people are in the same situation and let me tell you something an extra vacation day makes a huge difference that's another week some other time of the year i get to take a little vacation so being able to take advantage of that is huge and for a lot of folks that's going to be a consideration as well now we're also going to have to talk about the <laughs> a very difficult subject something that is bound to generate, I'm sure, some discussion, perhaps some emails even back to the pockets. That's okay. I'm not afraid of discussion, and and I don't claim to be right, but I want to at least bring it up as a topic because, inevitably, families are going to go through this, which is, is it okay to take your kids out of school for a vacation? Instantly, some people's eyes inflamed, nostrils swirled, and and road rage ensued, But for, <laughs> and I hope that wasn't the case, but... Look, there's, di- there's different different policies, different attitudes towards this, and no, one, everyone's answer is right because, look, we're all in different situations, right? Everyone goes to different school districts, but there are a couple things you want to check with. Number one, check with your teacher and your school policies. There's different rules out there in terms of what you can and can't do, especially because obviously you don't want to get in trouble or get, risk your, your child's uh, progress or anything like that. You don't want to go through there. So check with your teacher and your school policies about taking your kids out of school. There are things like allowed absences, but again, it depends on your school, it depends on your school district, so you're going to want to investigate that. Also, it depends on the age of your children. There's a huge difference between taking a kid who's going into elementary school versus a kid who's going to high school on a, on a vacation during the year, right? There's different, you know, the, the the concern as a parent, I think you have, and I think I do have as well, is you, you want to be able to say, well, I'm going to pull my kid out. There's going to be a little bit of a risk because they're going to fall a little bit behind potentially, but you know I don't want them to fall too far behind that becomes a snowball effect for the rest of the year. This should just be a, a blip, a couple of extra days of extra work, and back on schedule. And certainly, you know between elementary, middle, high school, colleges, there's a huge amount of workload uh, difference between all those levels. So you got to understand that too, and you have to make peace with that as well. Also, it depends on it depends on your children. You know what? I'm sure you're gonna find people who could say that their elementary school kid can't be taken out of school, but then find another parent who says, Oh yeah, my 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 sophomore in high school easily can take time off of work because they're you know, every kid learns at a different level. Every kid requires different teaching methods and, and is more adaptable and picks things up at different paces from other kids. So it depends on your children. And honestly, you may even start there at the beginning. You'll know with your kids. You've dealt with them when they're doing their homework, right? Are they are they You know, are they the kind of kids that pick things up really quickly? Are they the kids that need hand-holding and can struggle if they miss that kind of time? And these are all considerations you have to consider when you're talking about, do I take my children out of school? And also, most importantly, make sure you talk with your teachers about options for for keeping or at least ensuring the kids are somewhat caught up with the work, right? Taking math problems home with them, reading assignments, uh, journal entries, whatever the case may be, talk to them and say, look, you know, you understand that this isn't—you know—this isn't, you know, this isn't uh, just a time for them to completely forget about everything they're doing. It, this is an educational aspect, and quite honestly, travel is a great way to for for children to learn. Maybe not arithmetic per se, but by the same token, they, it, it's a life experience. And a lot of teachers do recognize. Some teachers don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I am sure there are folks out there who will tell you that they've had experiences with teachers who absolutely hate it, would not work with the with the parents on it, and there are others that have been very supportive. When I was a kid, my parents took me out. You know, maybe one or two weeks a year for, for different travel, not not cruise related, but just travel in general. And we would always work with the teachers. I would I, I distinctly remember being in ski lodges and and beach resorts doing homework, you know, reading. Usually it was either writing assignments or reading assignments. And I remember I would just, you know, we'd have dinner and my, and my mom would say, you know, Matt, you got to go do, go read your, your chapter or what have you. And that was an effort so that when I get back, I'm not completely behind. And certainly working with the teachers is huge. So it's a major topic. I can't decide it for you. No one can decide it for you. It's a decision that you have to make as a parent alongside with your teachers and your schools. And I'm sure that's a whole other discussion there. But certainly when you can travel is going to be a major component. And if you say to yourself, say, I just can't take my kid out of school. Okay, that's okay too. More than likely, I'm assuming your child gets time off. They're not in military school or something that is year round with no vacation. But obviously, if you can take your child out of school, that opens up a whole lot more options than if you can't. Nonetheless, you need to be able to understand what times of year you're looking to cruise, what times of year makes sense for you. Are you looking at just spring break and summer and maybe Christmas, or are you opening up other times of the year as well? And as we experience and go through these other different considerations as well into when's the best time to take a cruise, I think these are all going to contribute back to them. So, certainly when you can travel, though, I-, I think other than maybe money, budget, there's no other consideration that has as much of a factor. I'd even argue that even forgetting money for a second, this may trump even that. All right, now here's another hot topic for you How long a cruise should you take? Okay, right, you figure out the time of the year you want to go or you can go. How long of a cruise can you go? And it really depends on a couple things. First of all, Is this your first cruise? Are you looking for a weekend escape cruise? Is this a a a once-in-a-lifetime cruise? Figuring out what your cruise is going to be, the goal of your cruise is important. And if you're brand new to cruising, you're going to have a very different experience than my good friend Michael Poole, who was just looking for an excuse to get away, enjoy the, the perks of Royal Caribbean's drink packages, and enjoy it there, right? We're all different. We all cruise differently. We're all looking for different things. And I think it's important to understand what you're looking for on this cruise. For me, I'm always... I th- not always, but I think I'm usually looking for a vacation for my family, and ex- an opportunity to get away, literally and figuratively, and enjoy some time with the family doing different things. And I think we generally, for that reason, look towards maybe longer cruises than someone who's looking for a weekend cruise. Because for me, a weekend cruise, while well, hey, look, I'll take a cruise no matter when. If <laughs> Someone says, Matt, we can go on a cruise this weekend. I'd be like, yes, I will. But by the same token, I would also tell you, well... Honestly, as much as I would love to take a, a, a nice three night cruise here just to get away, I would rather defer that for a seven night cruise later on. Call me crazy, but um, you also want to also factor in, you know, travel time. Depending on where you're going, where you're living, and where you're going to, that can be adding to the equation. So you might say, well, I've got seven days, you know, including weekends, you know, to work with here. But but gosh darn it, I'm traveling from England to the United States, or I'm going from the United States to to Barcelona, you know time it takes you to get there and back can limit the amount of time you have. So if you've got to you saying, look, you know, I, I want to make sure that I get to the, my cruise at least a day before time, because I always recommend that, right? I always tell people, look, if you're smart, don't let travel delays impact your cruise, get to your cruise port at least a day before, all that good stuff, but that's gonna add extra vacation time potentially you may need. And that may say, well, you know, I'm at at the end of the day I'm only gonna be able to take a five or six night cruise because I need a day or two to travel. Certainly, that's okay, but you have to factor that, right? And understand how long of a cruise you can take. I'm going to be honest, I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to make an opinion here. And I think I said this before on the podcast. I certainly said this on realcoramblog.com. But nonetheless, I'm going to tell you this. If you're, if you're a first time cruiser, this applies to first time cruisers. If you've been there, done that a couple of different times, that's cool too. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is my honest opinion. I think any cruise less than six nights is a tease and quite frankly, not worth it. And I'm going to explain to you why especially if you're a first-time cruiser. And here's the deal. Three-night cruises are entirely too short, and they're they're over before you know it. And I know for a lot of first-time cruisers, is the most tempting cruise out there. Because you're saying, well, Matt, I've never cruised before. How don't know if I'm going to like it. What if it's awful? What if I hate it? I can't imagine being on a seven-night cruise there because then I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm I'm stuck. I know. It's a very common concern. But I'm telling you, number one, I think odds are you're not going to be having that kind of experience. It's very rare, in fact. I've I've read a lot of negative reviews. I don't think anyone ever said they really wanted to get off the ship at some point. Like, it was that bad, okay? Cruising is a great vacation. It's something that a lot of folks love, including myself. But I'm telling you, three nights is a disservice to yourself. It is, because it's way too short. By the same token, four and five nights cruises... Are still too short. And more importantly, I'm not even gonna go over the factor I just said about the three night cruises. I'm gonna tell you the reason why I don't take four or five night cruises is if you look at the calendar when four and five night cruises are held, more than likely they're starting or at least ending in the middle of the work week, which means you're gonna take just as many vacation days as a seven night cruise. Oftentimes a four or five night cruise, you know, leaves on a Monday. And if you're going to take 4 or 5 vacation days for a 4 to 5 night cruise, why not take a 7 night cruise with for the same amount of vacation days? That to me is to me is a no-brainer. I just don't see why I would not take a longer cruise. That means more vacation time. And also to that point, when you look at 7 night cruises, a lot of times the per night cost of a 7 night cruise can a- honestly be cheaper than the per-night cost of a three- or a four- or a five-night cruise. Now, the total cost, yes, will be cheaper more than likely for a three-, four-, or five-night cruise, but there are other factors. And I'm telling you that if you're brand new to cruising, you really want to look at the longer cruises because it gives you a real opportunity to enjoy the ship, explore, and get to understand what aspects of cruising you like. Those shorter cruises, especially the three- and four-night cruises, are way way too short. They're too short for new cruisers. They're too short for people like me who have been on cruises before. It's a tease, I'm telling you. It goes by in a heartbeat. And you know, I think more experienced cruisers can certainly open up their options, right? And and take those shorter cruises, but I'll be honest, I rarely Consider short cruises. And it all comes down for me to times, the time you're going to take off of work. It's very rare that, and every time I always go through this exercise, I'm like, oh, I'll take a quick cruise just to get away. And I'm not going to use that much vacation time. But you realize when you're taking two to three days or more, four days off of work, you know, a work week is five days. So, what, you know, again, when it goes back to value per night, cost, and, and some other factors, to me, it just seems like. <sighs> You want to invest in those longer cruises, and few cruises are really ever held over weekends. I dare you to find some that are not three-night cruises. It's very rare. Uh, so, again, when it comes down to you know when you can take time off, if you're going to pull your kids out of school, you may as well maximize that time. That goes back to the step one, right? When can you take a cruise? And I think you know if you're going to pay for airfare to get you down there, and you're going to pay for a hotel, and you're going to invest all this money in a vacation, you may as well get the best bang for your buck for it, right? And that's why I think a longer cruise is is really important. the other factor, quite honestly, is the other reason I really like seven-night cruise is it's a factor, you know, it's about relaxation time. There is a lot, a lot to do on a cruise. But you've also got to make sure you factor in time to take it easy and enjoy your vacation. Shorter cruises, you're running around a lot. You want to see it all do it all, and it's a natural reaction. I do this every single time. But you also want to make sure you know what? It is important to sit down and just sit by the pool or sit on your balcony or enjoy shows. Just take it easy and actually, you know, relax a little bit on your vacation. I know it's crazy, but the longer the cruise, the more time you have to enjoy it all. Now, I get it also. Look, if you have more time, there are some people that are lucky, right? because the the logic of my entire argument that I've been really making about time to cruise surrounds you know vacation time and time off work of school right where I'm assuming that most people listening to this and, and considering this are people that have that're subject to vacation calendars of one sort or another but if you're lucky enough you have more time off than you can use maybe you're someone who doesn't really take vacation you have a lot stored up or perhaps you're retired well a, you are extremely lucky. <laughs> but I also think you're in the minority when it comes to folks considering a Royal Caribbean cruise. So that's why I kind of lean towards the other thing. But obviously, hey, if you got more time than you know what to do with, or you got to burn vacation time, then obviously there's other factors. But that's a, that goes back to what we're talking about here. How long a cruise should you take? And there's a different answer for everybody. So figure out, What's going to work for you? But again, if you're a first time cruiser, I really recommend you go for the longer cruise. I'm not saying you have to go for a 14 night cruise. Don't get me wrong. Seven nights to me is that sweet spot. It is a great amount of time. Anywhere between seven to nine nights, I think, whether you're brand new to cruising or you experience, experienced, been there, done that, it is a great, perfect balance between getting enough time to enjoy your vacation, not feel like you've, you know, you just got there and you're getting off the ship, but also not too long that it's like, wow, you know, how many more days on the ship? right uh, i I think it's it's a really great sweet spot and something for you to to certainly consider now we can't talk about cruising and when to go and what what cruise to book without talking about the p word prices right let's be honest, money makes the world go round, and you know for a lot of people, we can sit here and list out our favorite cruises and our favorite itineraries, but at the end of the day, for a lot of people it's all about the money right it's all about well what can I reasonably afford and Again, depending on when you picked and what you're looking at, pricing is going to vary. And in general, you will find lower fares if you are willing to cruise during shoulder seasons and or when school is in session. So, you know, if you went back to step one about when can you cruise, what time are you looking at? And you said, Matt, I'm looking at cruises in July because that's my kid's summer vacation and Christmas week. Okay, that's fine. You're going to find a lot of options, actually. The problem is maybe it's a problem for you, maybe it's not, is that you're going to pay more than someone who's looking for cruises in January, as an example. So you have to understand that pricing changes from week to week. You will find you can look at two sailings on the exact same ship, right? So maybe you're looking at a lure of the seas, week one versus week two. They're both seven nights. One's Eastern, one's Western Caribbean, but that really doesn't matter necessarily. But you might find literally thousands of dollars of difference between those two sailings. This goes to, this is just like airfare, right? This probably shouldn't be terribly surprising, supply and demand, right? The more people that want to cruise during a certain time of year, well, the prices are going to go up from there. So if you're looking for times of the year where you're going to find the lowest prices, we're talking about really the entire month of January minus New Year's holiday. Most of February, depends when spring break falls, the month of May is really not bad either. September, the month of September, the month of October, the first two weeks of November, and the first two weeks of December. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, January, most of February, May, September, October, first two weeks of November, first two weeks of December, what do they all have in common? Ah, yes, it's all when school is in session. And there you go. There's a major factor. Look, I'll be honest with you. You're going to find lower prices when kids are in school because there's less demand. It's as simple as that. I wish it was any other way, but families are what dominate a Royal Caribbean cruise. Royal Caribbean is a family cruise Option their cruise line that really caters towards families, and you're going to see that in the entertainment, the marketing, and on the whole shebang. So certainly, if you're looking at a cruise that is during uh, schools' calendar year versus one that's not, you're going to see a huge discrepancy in price. So picking Royal Caribbean cruises that sail during these times of year is, as I mentioned, can often. Get you the lowest fares because you have less people that have the opportunity or inclination to cruise during those times of year, and it, it, it's really as simple as that. There are now are there other ebbs and flows? Which absolutely. It's not to say that if you go at any other time of the year, you're going to be paying an arm and a leg to go. Absolutely not. There are deals around. Other factors like when is spring break can obviously adjust the, some of these dates. And there's a lot of other things that are out there. The great thing about Roller Caribbean, I think, is that regardless of when you pick, with with few exceptions, you can usually find a pretty good price somewhere. That's the advantage of having so many ships in the fleet with so many different options. Maybe it's not a over the seas, but you're going to find options elsewhere in the fleet for you to go to. And I think that you just have to be open to other ideas and other possibilities. But again, it depends. If you might say to yourself, Matt, look, I, I'm i going in July. I want to go on a lure of the seas and that's it. And okay, that's fine. You're going to pay more than you would if you went in September, but maybe that's not a problem. Maybe you said, you know what? It's my vacation. I'm, gonna, You know what? I'm going to spend my money. It's worth it. I'm going to have a great time. You know, yes, I'm going to pay more, but hey, I got to have a good time, right? And absolutely, I can't argue with that point and I've certainly done that before. So keep in mind though that there are differences in pricing depending on when you cruise. Now, in terms of, hey, Matt, when is the best time to book to get a discount or a low price? It's not that simple. And this is an answer to probably the second most common question I get after, you know, when is a good time to take a cruise? is when's the best time to book a cruise? And I'm going to tell you, this is my advice to you. What you want to do is book a Royal Caribbean cruise price that you're comfortable with and then keep an eye out for discounts. Booking promotions and chasing discounts, you know what? Discounts like that do exist and they change very often but you cannot bet on it, nor should you, based solely around promotions. What you want to do at the end of the day is find a price that you can afford and then employ some other tactics to get maybe even a better price. But this goes back to, you know, what if I told you uh, there was some magical, this has never happened before, but let's say there was a magical deal where I could get you, you know I'm going to make up a number here, let's say 75% off the cost of a cruise, right? which is unheard of, but at the end of the, day, I don't even if I told you. Well, you know, regardless of the price, even if I'm telling you 75 off, you'd be crazy not to do this. You got to be able to afford it. You got to be comfortable with that price, even if it's an amazing deal. It's often like we, we go to the mall and we'll go to one of the designer stores and you go to the clearance rack because you never know, right? And you go to the clearance rack, and, I'll, and my wife will be looking through dresses. I'm like, oh, honey, this looks like a nice one right here, right? Yes, Matt looks at dresses for his wife. And, <laughs> and you look at him, and he said, look, honey, this, this dress is 85% off, 75% off, whatever. And she goes, yeah, but it's still $200 for that dress. I said, yeah, but it used to cost whatever $200 plus 85% is, right? But she says, yeah, but it's still $200. It doesn't matter that it's a fantastic steal. It's too much. And the same is true for cruising. So my advice to you is find a price thats that you're comfortable with. That you can say, I can afford this and go with that. And then what you want to do is employ certain tactics, which we've talked about a lot on here, but I'm going I'm to repeat them. Number one, book as early as you can. Boy, I cannot emphasize this enough. Book as early the cruise as you can. I'm talking years if you can do it, okay? There is no such thing as booking too early for a cruise, in, the reason why we say this is – number. there's two reasons. Number one, you will – odds are get the best price because the way that Royal Caribbean prices their cruises is when they first put a cruise out for sale, they will put out this, the price at a certain point. And as people start to book the cruise, more than likely, the prices will start going up. Now, of course, there is a possibility of going down, which goes down to my second point, which is – Reprice. Now it depends where you live. I know that our friends in Europe, especially the United Kingdom, are not don't have the same booking rules as us here in the United States and Canada. So check with your local travel agent about the rules about repricing and rebooking. But here in the United States and Canada, we can rebook a cruise all the way up until final payment without penalty. So if you book your dream cruise for, I'm just making up numbers here, two thousand dollars, and the price drops two hundred dollars next week, or next month, or next year. You can reprice that and take advantage of it, but at least you've locked in a price that you say, I can afford. And that, to me, is the most important thing. There are too many people, I think, that go out there and they're trying to price it, I don't know, like like used cars, like, what's the lowest price I can get? And they don't book until they find that lowest price. Well, a couple things. Number one, you may never find that lowest price. Not all cruise fares drop. Not all cruise fares will ever go to a level that you you know are looking for for a quote-unquote deal. Find a cruise that you want to go on, A. B, find a cruise that you can afford. And then, if you're comfortable with the price, you don't have to love the price, and you can always cancel. Don't forget that. It's always an option. Then book the cruise and take advantage of that, and then look for discounts. It's really the the, the way that I do it and the way that most Royal Caribbean veterans do it the same way. You find something you can afford and say, yeah, that's not, I can live with that price. Or, hey, that's a great price. Maybe you're going to be lucky and you're going to find a great deal off the bat. But nonetheless... Find a price you're comfortable with and then chase those discounts. Go look for them. Be, be that guy who is constantly calling your travelers and, hey, I think I could save for $10 if we uh, reprice that cruise. <laughs> because you know what? $10 is a drink, right? And I would be lying to you if I said I never repriced a cruise for a $10 difference. That's what it's all about. I get it. It's, it's part of the fun. Part of the hunt, right, Is is enjoying that. So take advantage of that. Now, the last factor... And arguably, we you could have gone through everything we just talked about, and this may ruin all your plans. But it's important to to talk about because it is an important factor about when to take a rollercoaster cruise, and that is weather. And weather is a completely different concern from everything we've talked about so far. You could have lined up everything in the previous points of this episode, but. Weather can be something that causes you to completely reconsider everything. Now, Royal Caribbean offers cruises throughout the year, and while it may offer cruises during many months of the year, the weather will vary depending on when you choose to go. As an example, in the Caribbean, spring and fall offer temperate highs without excessive heat, but in the fall, hurricane season adds increased risk of a major storm impacting your itinerary. By the same token, you say, okay, well, that's fine. Cruises in January and February, right? Because there's little to no risk of hurricanes there. But of course, a cold snap can mean water temperatures not being agreeable with you for swimming. It could be cloudy. Also, depending on where you live, maybe you live in Michigan or you live in New York. Well, snowstorms in the areas you live can impact your ability to get to the cruise with, you know, flight delays or cancellations. And those are things you just can't plan, just like hurricanes in the fall. So, Depending on your itinerary, you want to look at the average high and low temperatures for the time you're looking and consider your preferences and your risk tolerance. And here's some questions you want to ask yourself. Are you okay with your Eastern Caribbean cruise becoming a Western Caribbean cruise because of a storm? Does extra humidity in Alaska bother you? Do you mind bigger waves at sea due to storms? These are the kind of things you need to think about and what you're looking to do. Some people will not not cruise in summer in the Caribbean because they think it's just too darn hot. By the same token, some people say, I will never take a cruise in the fall to the Caribbean because I am not willing to risk a hurricane. I only cruise outside of hurricane season perfectly okay too. But again, you need to consider the weather and what it can do. I'll be honest with you. I think weather, while important, is not as important as you might think. And I, I know that didn't really sound like that made any sense. These days you hear and read about weather all the time, right? I mean, the news will just constantly tell you, oh, did you guys see this? Look, it's it's raining in Africa. That means a huge hurricane is coming to the Caribbean. Not necessarily. I can't tell you how many times they dissipated, ended up in somewhere in Mexico, or, you know, th- there's a variety of factors. They are. It's true that hurricanes don't really sneak up on people, but at the same time, they also are notoriously unpredictable in terms of their exact path, Snowstorms are even more, hard, even more more difficult to, to, to determine their path. Trust me, if you live in a northern state, if you've lived in I, – I grew up in New England. How many times – and I know that people are going to be nodding their head this. How many times have you heard about this major storm coming and people start shutting down and schools close early and what happens? The storm misses us, right? You never know. By the same token, there's times when you say, oh, it'll be two inches of snow and you wake up and you got a foot of snow on the ground. There's different considerations. You go into the Mediterranean – in the summertime, it can be extremely hot in Rome. And if you go to England in the you know, late spring or even earlier spring, you, know, you're, you may run into really bad weather, right? Rain, cloudiness, not exactly the picturesque, sunny cruise vacation you may have had in mind. So it depends on what you're looking to do. Some people don't, love, don't want any humidity. Some people want it hot, hot, hot. You know, it, it's up to you. So you need to consider weather as well. And really, when you're looking at all these factors, I think this will help you pick the best time to take a cruise because the reality, the answer is the spoiler alert to the question of, Matt, when is the best time to take a Royal Caribbean cruise? The answer is, of course, like everything on this podcast, it depends. It depends on you, actually, because the answer I come up with is going to be different than you come up with and it's different from what he came up with and what – Different than she came up with. And that's okay. But you need to figure it out for yourself. And not only that, my answer for, for my cruise, my next cruise, is going to be different from the next cruise after that because different factors change, right? Your kids get older, your vacation schedule is different, work projects get in the way. There's a ton of different things to consider. But the important thing is you need to go through this exercise to figure out the answer to it because there is no general answer. There is no, anyone who tells you this is lying. There is no best time for everybody to take a cruise. There just isn't. I guarantee you I could rattle off 52 answers because there are 52 weeks in the year, and I guarantee you there will not be one that works for everybody because everyone's different. So it's important to figure out what's important to you and when works for you. Now, of course, I'm going to also give you guys some homework here. We talked about school a little earlier, so why not? My, my homework to you is send me an email, blog.com, and tell me your favorite time to take a Royal Caribbean cruise and why. Maybe we'll help some folks that are new to cruising out here. And tell them: Is there a time of year that you think is better than others? And I'll give you one. I'll start you off here with a little help here. One of my favorite times to take a cruise is February and March, excluding the ideas of pricing and some other factors. But the reason why I love February and March here in the United States for a Caribbean cruise is simple: because by February and March, if you live in a northern state, you're sick of winter by that point. You you, look, I love snow as much as the next guy, but by February and March, you need a break. You want to be able to wear shorts again because it's been a number of months since you have. Heck, you may not even seen the sun for that long a to me a vacation that time of year is awesome because it's warm it's certainly warm in the caribbean by that point and it gives you that excuse to wear shorts for at least one week before you come back and put back the jeans and the coats back on but it's to, i just love that idea of escaping winter because early on in winter i think it's kind of nice i you know it's it's cute it's oh it's winter cool all right you know the snow is pretty you get to decorate by february or march you're ready for summer already. So that's why I love the cruising that time of year. But maybe you're different. You tell me your favorite times of year to cruise and why. Send me an email, Matt at mattatroyalcaribbeanblog.com. All Alrighty. Speaking of your emails, I just asked you to send me your emails about your favorite times of year to cruise. But we're also going to read your emails about everything Royal Caribbean. And whether or not you choose to do that homework assignment I gave you, that's okay too. Send me anything you got on your mind about Royal Caribbean. I'd love to hear about that. And you can, of course, do that by emailing Matt. At royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And our first email is from Daniel Proust of Germany, who writes, Matt, do you know if it's possible to use FaceTime with the cheaper Voom Surf Voyage Pack instead of Voom Surf and Stream? I'm wondering if the term stream just means Netflix and others, and maybe it's possible to FaceTime somebody without paying more. Do you have any experiences as this change with the new Voom packages? Daniel, great question. And Daniel's talking about the Voom high-speed internet packages, as you may or may not be aware. Royal Caribbean recently revamped its whole internet offerings as of May 1st, 2016, and now Royal Caribbean ships offer uh, two levels of voom-voom is the marketing term for their internet packages. It's just supposed to invoke that. It's fast. Uh, And they... when VOOM first showed up on Royal Caribbean ships, when it was only available on Quantum class ships and, and Oasis class ships, there was just one speed. It was just VOOM. That was it. Singular. And you just had, it supported everything. Since then, Royal Caribbean figured, well, they, they broke it apart. Uh, they gave they gave a lower, a slower option called uh, VOOM Surf Voyage, and then a, a faster option called VOOM Surf in Stream. I think it's a little confusing. But I will tell you that surf and st- the main difference between the two is Surf and Stream A costs a little bit more. And B, supports video streaming. So th- to give you an idea, without any discounts, uh-huh. the Voom Surf Voyage for a one, one device package will cost you about $9.99 a, a day for one device for the duration of your cruise. And the Voom Surf and Stream will be about fourteen ninety nine per day for one device. And of course, there are a ton of packages out there. And these days, there's a ton of discounts between Crown and Anchor Society and pre-cruise discounts that Royal Caribbean offers to everybody. So I think it'd be very rare for you to actually pay the, those prices I just mentioned, but it's worth mentioning. Anyway, nonetheless, back to Daniel's question. Which option will allow for FaceTime? And the answer is, and now granted, I have not used it myself, Daniel. When I go on Freedom of the Seas here in just in September, I'll be able to give you a definitive answer. But I, from everything I've gathered, heard, seen, and read, the answer is you need Voom, Surf, and Stream. Again, the key difference between Voom, Surf, and Stream is it allows you to use video, access and from what I've gathered really the surf the, the Voom Surf Voyage plan does not support that. And in fact it seems to be very slow. So if you ask me if you want to do Voom, if you really want to do it right, just get the Voom Surf and Stream. Not only does it allow you to do things like stream Netflix or Hulu, but it also allows you to use VoIP voice over IP programs, which FaceTime is one of them. And that should allow you to do it. so Daniel if I were you I would invest in Voom Surf and Stream. I just think it's just more than likely going to be the best answer for you. But it's a good email, and I'm glad you sent it in because I know there are a lot of folks who also have similar questions about that. Next, we have an email from Jeff Smith from Bradenton, Florida. Hey, Matt, just want to say hello and let you know how awesome the podcast is. It's pretty cool to know there's a cruise nerds as big as my wife and I. We're pretty loyal carnival cruisers due to availability, etc. Since listening to your podcast, we've been persuaded to go Royal Caribbean again. I'm holding you to it. A <laughs> couple questions. Number one. The continental breakfast or pre-embarkation. Usually, where is it and what time does it open? Is it usually overcrowded? Continental breakfast for pre-embarkation. I have no idea what you're talking about, Jeff. I'll be honest with you. I have, there's, on embarkation day, you're going to have lunch available in the Windjammer, and that's usually available by 11 a.m. ish. Depends on the ship and sailing and all that other stuff, but that's usually there. But pre-crowded pre-embarkation content on purpose. I'm not sure what you're referring to. Uh, Jeff, maybe someone else. You, you, Jeff, or someone else knows. Feel free to email us back in here, because I have i don't know what you're talking about. But if you are talking about the, if you are talking about just, you know, the lunge in the Windjammer, uh, that is, again, usually open between 11.30 and 12. And uh, it gets more crowded as the day goes on. You know, usually I'm, of course, notoriously there at the port early. I think if you get to the port before noon, the Windjammer's not terribly crowded. After that, it starts to get mostly crowded and I think its peak is somewhere between I would say the hours of 12, 31 o'clock to about 3 o'clock. That's really when the most amount of people are there and trying to enjoy it. On There are other options as well. Don't forget the Windjammer is not the only place you can get food depending on your ship. You can go to like a Sorrento's or a Cafe Promenade. Uh, there'll be other options available as well for you to get food. If there's one thing you don't have to worry about is a place to get food on board your ship. So consider other options as well. In fact, some specialty restaurants will be open as well if you want to spend a little bit of money there. Also, Jeff Hat says, Going on Oasis of the Seas to Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. Any suggestions for Cosmel besides Dunn's River? Does Oasis have the WoW bands or plan to? I'll answer your second part first. Does Oasis have WoW bands or plan to? They do not have WoW bands yet. From what I've heard, there were plans or are plans for it, but we haven't heard anything as definitively to say when or if it will be added. Right now, WoW bands, which are the RFID wristbands that are on select Royal Caribbean ships, are only available on Quantum-class ships, so that's Alert, uh, Anthem of the Seas, Ovation of the Seas, Quantum of the Seas, and also the brand new Harmony of the Seas. Uh, I, from what I understand, Royal Caribbean wants to roll out to new ships. I'm hoping that they're going to do this here in this little, quote-unquote, lull that we have between new ships. Because, of course, we're, we've had a number of new ships, and we're going to have more new ships coming down the pipeline. But we've got 2017 is going to see no new Royal Caribbean ships. So I'm hoping that some of the older ships in the fleet... Are going to get it, especially with the Oasis and allure of the seas. I mean, it just makes sense to me. Suggestions so for what to do in Falmouth besides Dunn's River Falls? Man, that is the. But if I had a great answer for what to do in Falmouth, I might be able to uh, help a lot of people out there. It's a very common question. Falmouth is a brand new cruise port, even though it's not. It's new, relatively speaking. But it's not as mature a cruise port as, a Cozumel or Grand Cayman or NASA, right? And what I mean by that is there's just not a huge amount of stuff to do in the immediate area. A lot of things to do in Falmouth require drives of 45 minutes to an hour or longer. So it depends on what your tolerance is for what you want to do. As an example, for me and my family, Jeff, we've got young children. We have decided as a family, me and my wife, we're not going to do excursions that take us on a one-hour-plus bus ride to one way. and So that's, you know, two hours round trip, you know, or anything like that. We love our children, but we also recognize that our children are not great with that kind of thing. And it's just not, it's not enjoyable for anybody. They get bored and then we suffer with it. So no bueno, right? <laughs> and so for us, we try to stay by the port. Certainly there is some, there is the, the port facility, while not the most culturally eclectic thing to do, does offer quite a bit. There's a Margaritaville, uh, which has a very nice area. Actually, it's quite nice. A lot of people report that it, not only that, it's it's free to actually get in or complimentary to go in there. You certainly can buy drinks and spend some money there, but it's a nice option for you. If you are looking for some excursions to do in the area, uh, you know, your options, it depends on what you're looking to do. I would tell you that one of my, the areas I really want to go to, and I've heard people talk about this a lot with positive results, it requires a longer ride than I'm willing to do is, and I'm pronouncing this right, um, Blue Hole. It's also known as Eerie Blue Hole, I-R-I-E. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right, as the locals would. Uh, But evidently, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous hidden gem near Ocho Rios, and it's supposed to be amazing. Every photo I've seen looks unbelievable. I am dying to get there. Someday we'll go on a cruise either when my children get older or we don't bring our children with us. But if if it were me, Jeff, and I didn't care about driving times, that's the one I would go to. And lastly, Jeff wants to know, have you been on Carnival or any other cruise lines? The reasons why you chose Royal over those others, I'm sure this could take a whole podcast. (laughs) I have actually cruised with two other cruise lines, a Norwegian Cruise Line and Disney Cruise Line. And I've kind of alluded to my cruising history here and there on different episodes. I will tell you that the reason why I choose Royal over all of them, and the reason why I continue to choose Royal, is I really feel that Royal Caribbean does a great job of offering a good balance of what you pay for, Versus what you get. Do other cruise lines give you more? Absolutely. But they probably also cost you more. Are other cruise lines cheaper than Royal Caribbean? Absolutely. But I don't feel like you get as much. And I just really like the balance that Royal Caribbean has achieved there. And I have, and like I said, I've cruised other cruise lines and I've enjoyed them for different reasons. But I ended up saying, you know what, I just like Royal Caribbean's experience better for a variety of considerations. But it really, in. in without going into a two-hour monologue here about the virtues of Royal Caribbean versus other cruise lines, I will just tell you that I really feel like the, that balance of what Royal Caribbean gives you versus what you get is great. And for us as a family, I love that experience. So that's why we choose to cruise with Royal Caribbean. I think a lot of people also usually give me answers similar to that in that they just like what they get they like, and they're okay with the price they're paying for it and it's not a bad option. And our last email today comes to us from Louise Burns in Brisbane, the beautiful capital city of Queensland, here in Australia. And Louise writes, Good day, Matt. Having listened to your podcast over the past few months, you've convinced me that, that you would be interested in hearing about my cruise planning. Our first cruise will be November 2016, and by default, we are cruising in Royal Caribbean on Legend of the Seas. I actually chose this cruise because it left out of the port here in Brisbane, a 10-minute drive from home. The second reason is this cruise is country music base theme with some incredible Australian country music artists performing live for the whole cruise. The boat will be filled with like-minded country music enthusiasts, so sharing, dining, and amenities will be fantastic. The next reason was the itinerary and length. We are cruising the South Pacific, including New Caledonia, Venatu, and Nomia for a total of nine days. While I was happy to cruise on any of the lines that leave out of Brisbane, I am delighted that we are cruising with Royal Caribbean, thanks in part to your great blog and informative podcasts. I understand that the ship is one of the older ships and will be leaving the fleet next year, but for my husband and I, a cruise is a cruise, and as first-timers, we are ready to experience everything Legend of the Seas has to offer. I will continue to listen to your podcast, interact with the blog, and who knows, I might even convince you to schedule a group cruise from Australia. <laughs> Louise, I will absolutely guaranteed plan a group cruise out of Australia just as soon as they invent Star Trek-style transporters. <laughs> Sorry. I hate flying. I am scared of it. It's a whole discussion for someone who's paid uh, something like a couple hundred dollars per hour to listen to my problems. But I will tell you that I would love to, in in theory, it sounds like a great idea. And I love, first of all, thank you for sharing your insight as to why you picked a cruise. I really find it fascinating why people choose one cruise over another. And I think you picked this cruise for a great reason. Legend of the Seas going on a theme cruise that obviously resonates really well with you. And what and visiting amazing ports like, you know, the you mentioned, New Caledonia, Venatu. I mean South Pacific, look, you don't have to sell the South Pacific Louise. It's this anybody recognizes that is gonna be an awesome cruise. And and I think you're gonna have a great time. You know what? Don't worry about the ship. And a lot of people put a lot of emphasis, oh geez man. You know, I'm going on a vision class ship, I'm going on a radiance class ship, you know, a smaller ship. Then you it's not a quantum class ship, it's not an Oasis class ship. Is it gonna be awful? Am I gonna suffer? No. Are you kidding me? You're gonna have a great time. These ships are designed to be impressive, fun, and amazing. You're gonna have a great time on there, Louise. Just because it doesn't have North Star or bumper cars does not mean you're not gonna have an awesome time on that ship. It is a really great ship in fact. And I think you're going to have a fabulous time. In fact, I know a lot of folks who have been cruising out of Australia for a number of years on Royal Caribbean have a lot of experience with Legend of the Seas, and they will tell you lots of great things about it. So I think you're going to have a great time. And thank you so much for sharing your insight. And I can't wait to hear about your cruise when you get back, Louise. That's that's your additional homework assignment there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for all your emails. Love talking Royal Caribbean with all of you. And of course, if you have a question, a comment, a thought, really anything about Royal Caribbean, why you book your Royal Caribbean cruise, be sure to send me an email, matt m a t t at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Well, that's a wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.